Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Morning, morning, morning. I'm so excited to be back again after a well-deserved break. I missed all you guys and Faggy, I missed you too, hey? Missed you too, Adol. Sure, it feels like it's been months. It actually has, which means that we had a good holiday. <laughs> well, <we're, laughs> or just so much has happened since we came, since we've left. Exactly. Really well, happy to be back, and I can see that people behind you are dancing. They're also happy. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to keep a happy disposition. <laughs> well, we're back in the driving seat, and today we're going to have a fascinating conversation. And this is very much for the young moms out there, even though the bobbers and and the grannies and anybody else, any interested aunties that are interested in this topic to, you know, you can pass on the information to, to, to the younger generation. But we're going to talk about diet for a mother who is wanting to fall pregnant, who is pregnant. Does it affect the baby? What things we can do? More and more science is understanding all of the, the repercussions of what it means to have a healthy pregnancy. And we would love you to join in on the conversation. So 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. This is 101.95 High FM. We'll be back shortly. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Without further ado, we are very excited to welcome Helen Gauchi back onto our show. She has been before. She has been working with de-analysis for the last 10 years. She has a BSc Honours in Dietetics, a postgraduate diploma in Marketing Management, and she is a fundi on genetics, epigenetics, and nutrition. Good morning, Helen. Good morning, Adol. Thanks for having me back. It's an absolute pleasure. Right, so today we are going to talk about nutrition for the mom-to-be. What should a mother be doing before she considers having a child? Well, it's a, it's a very, it's a big question, Adel. Um, but I think, you know, one of the biggest things is to try and get one's health um, as optimal as possible for, for a planned pregnancy so that, and, and, you know, even if, if you, you discover you're pregnant to try and get your health in as good a place as possible so that, that throughout those nine months and even afterwards, you are going to be in a place that is strong and healthy, both mentally and physically, you know, that baby does take a lot from one's body. So it's really important to keep, to keep in mind healthy weight good nutrition, good sources of, of, of foods, and, and, um, and then also possible supplementation on top of that. And then to ensure that that baby is going to be as healthy as possible um, at birth and throughout that baby and that child's lifespan, that's where it all begins, actually, preconception. Mm. I find the concept of all this, you know, supplementation such an, an, a fascinating topic. I actually discussed it the other day, even just for ourselves, and to think that supplementing the correct, you know, vitamins before you fall pregnant and while you're pregnant can have such a huge effect on the future of your baby is, is so interesting. Can you just explain a few of the ideas of that? 
Yes, absolutely. And so, Faith, when it comes to supplementation, obviously everyone has different requirements um, and we always want to go for a, a food first approach. So what we can do with food, we, we should because there are things in food that we don't even know about yet that makes a huge difference on one's health. But when it comes to what we are not able to get from food or if we have increased requirements because of, say, a genetic variation that you might carry, and um, then that that nutritional supplement is going to help support or, or ensure adequate levels in your systems so that it can help support the growth of a healthy child. As an example, you speak about, you know, supplementation preconception. One that is, is very well known about is our B vitamins, especially folate, and, and that really uh, significantly reducing the risk of neural tube defects that can occur in that um, unborn child and, and eventually in that, in that fetus and that child if, if there is insufficient levels of folate. And that's actually where that whole food fortification program came from is looking at how we can support the intake and the levels in moms to be preconception and actually and b6 is, is like i found b6 is the most fascinating vitamin i have recently kind of adel as you know all my posts on our, on our whatsapp group everything's yes. <laughs> about b6 now <laughs> and and our mental health even is this all linked to the mthfr gene and is it important to know whether you have that gene or not it is and and others in the system as well so definitely mthfr and um, you know, there's MTHFR, which is a really power, it's a powerful enzyme that's involved in converting folate into its its sort of active form. Um, and if you have a variant in there, you, you are not able to do such a good conversion into that active form. And along with that folate, um, you need your, your B2 and your B6 to help those enzymes along. You need um, your B12 as well in that system. So absolutely, your B2, your B6, your B9, and your B12 are all essential to ensure that that whole uh, homocysteine or methylation pathway is working well. And so um, when we're looking at um, nutrients around that, it's very important to understand if you have genetic variants there, because it may increase one's risk for certain adverse outcomes from um, neural tube defects to um, even looking at the mom's health, looking at those high homocysteine levels that might affect the, the health of the pregnancy, the duration of the pregnancy, risk for preeclampsia. And so by ensuring those nutrients are there in, in the correct amounts and the right types of nutrients, we can decrease those risks. Well, if just I can just add one more question. Are we going to a break or can I just finish um, off? No, you can finish off. Go ahead. Sorry, Helen, you know, We've discussed this on the radio show before and I've brought it up many times, but can you please explain why we're all told to take folic acid when a lot of us can't actually translate the folic acid into folate? Um, and, you know, it, it does have kind of negative effects on us if we, if we don't take the right supplement. So with folic acid, it's the oxidized form of folate, of B9. Folate as in the natural form in foliage, green leafy vegetables. The reason we have been prescribed folic acid a lot in supplements and in fortified food is because it's very stable. Um, and so when we're looking at something that needs to be mass produced and, and is something that can at least fix at least part of the problem, that is why folic acid was mm. recommended and 
and put into fortified foods. And as science um, progressed, obviously the knowledge goes with it and we become wiser. And, and so from understanding that people carry variants that are not then, we're not able to convert that folic acid into its correct form, that's where just with, with knowledge, it's become um, better to understand that it's, it's wiser, if you, especially if you carry those variants, to take that methylfolate and the natural forms instead of folic acid. Thank you. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We are speaking to Helen Gauchi and we're talking about the nutrition of a mother-to-be. And uh, one of the things that like, my ears pricked up as, as we were having our discussion was that, hey, you know, um, I'm a survivor of eclampsia. I had terrible eclampsia um, with my first daughter. In fact, I almost lost my life gave birth early and doctors just, they, they put me in hospital, did 50,000 billion tests to work out why I was uh, eclamptic, never found anything and just told me that I'm 5% of women that are allergic to pregnancy. And, it, and that actually started my healthy journey where I found a homeopath and he went and said, it's what you eat, woman. <laughs> you know, like, and, and truthfully, I was unhealthy. I was unhealthy. I was just eating what any, you know, whatever I wanted to. I was a, a varsity student for the four years before, you know, I, I felt pregnant. Uh, you know, a bar of chocolate and a, 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 a can of Sprite was my lunch. <laughs> and, and really now, as you said it, when you spoke about the MTHFR gene and the homocysteine levels, nobody checked that for me. And only now, in, I'm, I'm much older now, now, you know, my daughter's already a, a mother of, of, of kids, um, the one that well, I was eclamptic with. But my homocysteine levels were high. Only when I started educating myself did I come to realize that, yes, you know, like we were knocking on the wrong doors. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's one of the things that's that's what we're hoping to do with this test is one, just um, encourage or, or increase the knowledge and the awareness that a lot of these um, these health conditions that affect moms during pregnancy and that then can affect that, that child are to a large extent preventable through good nutrition, through awareness to and, and through personalized health care um, that we can get knowledge from what we are predisposed to because of genetics and then target our nutrition, our supplementation, our lifestyle to get the best possible outcomes. It's not a guarantee, but it definitely does help with improving those health outcomes. So do you do you now provide a test that a, a, a mother-to-be can go through that you can go and say, these are your weak points, this is where you should be working? Yes, that's um, that's where we, we started actually in a collaboration with a team of a doctor, a team of doctors actually in the States who work on what we, they call the Grow Baby program. It's focused on improving health for moms-to-be. And they wanted to bring genetics into it because they realized it was a key missing point of the puzzle. And so we worked with them and obstetricians and nutritional therapists who have many years of experience in this area. And we, we developed a test that then comprises of um, genetic variants in genes in these key areas such as methylation, detoxification, vitamin D metabolism, um, fatty acid metabolism, all the things that we know are so important to support during all the time, but especially during pregnancy. And, and we looked at the research and how 
having these variations might actually predispose one to things like preeclampsia um, to to maybe having a baby with uh, who's uh, preterm um, to um, gestational mm-hmm. diabetes and and how we can then target those pathways with good nutrition, proper supplementation to decrease those risks. And just the other day, I was watching something where you know it was explaining about women that had that had nausea during pregnancy. And so many mothers do suffer with that. And to and they said that a B6 vitamin could help. To think that a symptom shows that you have a certain lack in a vitamin, there, there must be hundreds of those stories. Yeah, exactly. And 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 that's the thing often with pregnancy, you know, if, if you are tuned into health, one almost starts to um, forget that a lot of women do not know this. And, and it's not common knowledge um, to, to just take a supplement or just to to check one's levels to ensure that you are not lacking anything so there is a lot of you know it's it's one it's just creating awareness and two it's it's targeting to make sure that everyone is getting exactly what they need for them as a unique individual so am i understanding things like where people are um going through pregnancy and have severe nausea that they, it, it can be a supplemental issue or a, a nutrition issue well, for nausea, it can be. I mean, nausea is, there, there's actually a huge amount of research on that and there's no mm. concrete answer yet. There is some evidence showing that it could be a deficiency in certain B vitamins, um, but it could also be that there's there's a whole genetic predisposition that we just are not sure of yet. So what we focus on less so on the nausea side, we focus more on it's not that we it's it's not important it's absolutely important we just don't know it what the answers are yet mm-hmm. enough to be able to report on it but we report more on the the gestational diabetes the preeclampsia the risk for preterm birth and then also stress um for the mom risk for um post um partum depression and um and then looking at a baby that's the right size as well so not too big and not too small and that's a lot got to do with what the mom is eating. And what we want to achieve is obviously health for the mom during that gestational time period, health for the baby, and then health for that, that child when they're 20, when they're 30, when they're 50, because what we eat during pregnancy will affect their health when they're adults. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk more about nutrition. You know, there's there, there's so many, you know, ways to skin this cat and everybody's got a different opinion maybe talk us through what 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 are important items that a woman should have on a plate or you know what she should be focusing on and i'd love to understand this idea of our nutrition having an effect on our children's genes like are we able to actually change the genes of our children in the future by what we eat when they're in our womb <laughs> yeah exactly so so we can't change the the blueprint but we can have a have some power over how these genes are expressing so firstly and, and we can actually combine both those questions is when we're looking at a, at a plate for you know healthy nutrition some very key nutrients are obviously the b vitamins and that comes from your your green leafy vegetables your um, asparagus and spinach and then getting in some of your lentils as well so those are all very important to get in your folate and your b6 as well as some of your riboflavin your b2 when we're looking at b12 we want things like 
fatty fish, um, eggs are a fantastic source. And then we want choline. So choline is this little nutrient that we often forget about, but is so important when it comes to healthy cell membranes, good brain development, and also supporting that methylation pathway. We want choline and choline and eggs are actually a fantastic source of choline. So I, I remember doing this research while I was pregnant and just eggs were a staple in my diet. No matter what, we got the eggs in. Other things that you want to focus on is vitamin D. So fantastic research showing that your the levels of what a mom's vitamin D is during pregnancy can actually have an effect on outcomes on on the on risk of of allergies and asthma for that um for that child um up to five to to seven years of age and um, wow. and vitamin D because it's so important in immunity and and we've we've known this and we've learned this over the last two years as well it's come up a lot but vitamin D and um, being so important over there and um, your omega and vitamin D you will get from fortified foods or sunlight um, and and then just actually supplementation is often um, recommended for vitamin D when we're looking at brain development you want your good fats in there your omega three fatty acids your fatty fish. And then you want to ensure that you are getting in the colors for supporting just overall um, a good inflammatory response, not too much, not too little. So lots of colors in the diet, whole grains for um, supporting good gut health, that fiber is so important. So really, you know, if we wanted to say just eating the rainbow with a, a big focus on the greens, avoiding any kind of things that you don't recognize the ingredients of, and um, trying to eat as much as sort of earth to plate as possible and getting in your good quality fats. And mm. um, so that's in the, on the food side. And then when we're looking at how nutrition can affect, you know, our, our, the expression of our baby's genes is that's this whole concept of epigenetics. There were studies done on, on mice and um, genetically identical but, but these mice were, were bred to be big, yellow, and fat. They're called the agouti mouse. And they were fed this, um, one group was fed a mouse diet. Oh, sorry, and all of these mice were pregnant. One group was fed um, just typical mouse diet. The other group was fed a diet that was um, supplemented with these methyl-rich um, nutrients, so choline and all our B vitamins. And then those mice gave birth to their little babies and the babies that were fed the mouse diet were small and brown and healthy. Whereas the babies who were just fed the, the sorry, the babies that were fed the mouse diet with the nutrients were small and brown and healthy. And the babies that just fed the mouse diet without the nutrients were actually these big fat mice. And that's because that gene that codes for this big fat and healthy metabolic syndrome and was not covered up by the correct nutrients. It's called, it's the, that's where the expression and the genetics comes in. And so that's just a, it's a mouse study that we saw that in. And that's the power of nutrition that comes through there. And, and then um, a tragic research study, but, but what we found really very interesting um, research from and very interesting theories from for um, the developmental origins of health and disease comes from one of the big studies, the Dutch hunger winter study, where moms who were pregnant during that time of extreme famine gave birth to children who had different birth weights and, and um, 
eventually these children were followed to their, their sort of midlife and, and later on, and they had a much higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease, diabetes, because of what they were lacking in um, that uterine environment. And so that's just how, how much power we have over what we, um, we can do for our children in their years to come. Wow, that's actually quite amazing. We're speaking to Helen Gauchi, and we're talking about nutrition primarily for the mother-to-be. If you'd like to join the conversation, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram line. Helen, let's talk, let me say, let's talk a little bit on the negative side. What happens when we don't get nutrition? What type of illnesses have been studied and been shown to be linked to bad nutrition in, in, in mothers? And, you know, um, what, what, what can we learn from that? So this is, I mean, these are, this is one of the studies, um, the biggest study, obviously, that, we, that we've been able to follow with what goes wrong um, in, if we don't get the right nutrition in moms is what can happen actually Right off, you know, during the, the gestational time period, there's an increased risk for moms to have preeclampsia, to have gestational diabetes. If the nutrition is, is lacking in, in, if your food is lacking in nutrients, but is high in, in sugar and the wrong types of fats. And, and if there's too much, too much calories, but not enough good quality nutrients, and then that can affect the baby, uh, the baby's health, either being too small or too large for gestational age. It can also increase risk of being too early, which then we know the baby cannot fully develop properly. And so there might be an increased risk of going into NICU and, and the stress around that is, is very large. And then what happens is one of the, the bigger effects of of a mom not having adequate nutrition in terms of the good nutrients and possibly good calories as well, is that um, actually the, the long-term effects for that child. So um, having increased risk, as we said, for um, that child when they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, being more overweight, having increased risk for metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease. Um, and so the, the effects can be quite long-term. Other effects are more short-term, such as with decreased vitamin D levels, we can see increased risk for um, allergies and asthma. We know that if we don't have enough calcium, those bones in the baby may not develop so well. So, And then the biggest one, of course, is obviously something that we've, we've really tried to eliminate um, through public health efforts is through that folic acid fortification. And now we've learned to be a bit wiser about how, what kind of roots and what kind of nutrients we give for our B vitamins. But if moms are lacking in folate, especially preconception, there's this very strong risk for um, a neural tube defect, of course, together if a mom is predisposed from the genetic standpoint. So, you know, like one of the things that I'm thinking is that I wish I could, number one, turn the clock back 30, 30 35 years because, <laughs> geez, you know, like the, the education or the understanding around it, and even still to this day, you know, when I, when I went to the homeopath and said, listen, you know, I actually went through three very bad pregnancies, all of them preeclamptic. I lost the child. My third child I lost because of eclampsia. It was either the, the choice of me or the child. And when I, when, when, when I went to the homeopath and he just said to me, it's just what you're eating, it was such a, it was such a shock. It was like, 
like, what are you saying? You know what I mean? I've gone to the best doctors. I've, I've had the best medical care. I've, I've had all of these things and you're just telling me it's about my food. And often- It almost doesn't seem real. It's almost like it doesn't, that can't make sense. That it's just my food. And let me tell you, Faggy, as you know, I had three children afterwards. Thank God I have five kids today. The first two were preeclamptic. I struggled a lot. I lost my, 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 my middle child. And then I had three healthy pregnancies. And when I did go back to the doctors after the first healthy pregnancy, I carried full term, 40 weeks. Wow. And I said, look, 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 look what the doctor did. You know, he gave, he supplemented, he gave me what I, I really listened to what I eat. He said, nah, you still had a 5% chance of a healthy pregnancy. And then I did it again and I did it again. And you know what the sad thing was, is that I was shunned still. I, it still mm. wasn't accepted that there's actually intelligence there. There's, there's knowledge there. It's scary. Yeah, it's, and it's still it's still a, a world, you know, where I think maybe allopathic and and allied still collide quite a bit. But there is so much research that cannot be denied about what we eat, what we're exposed to, and I think you know every day the research is getting stronger and stronger to support it. You have to you have to listen to your bodies and and you have to be putting in the correct nutrients. It's, it's what makes our, our bodies tick correctly is what we put into it. When you just said about what we're exposed to, it brought me to the, to the movie, Ellen Brockovich, you know, and, and all the children that came with their defects because of the, their atmosphere. Yes, and there's a lot of research coming out on that as well, just in terms of pollution. And, you know, especially if you, if you are someone who just does not, obviously there's some toxins that will not be okay for anyone, but for certain people, just a high level of pollution, it's really important during that gestational time period to be very aware of pollution levels and, and just being aware of, you know, staying clear of, of high pollution areas, staying indoors if it's if you're living in a, in a, in a city that has very high pollution levels at certain times of the year to not expose oneself to that. It's interesting also, we saw on YouTube, this just this morning, um, about the time of the year that you fall pregnant, whether it's the summer or the winter, and summertime, there is more foliage and there is more greenery, you know, there is more nutrition out there. Um, and dependent on when you, you know, when you have your baby is as to, you know, how healthy you'll be. Yeah, seasonal changes. There's a huge, yeah, I, there was actually a study that I read on that as well just recently. So seasonality can affect one's mood when you um, increase risk for postpartum depression in certain times because of your vitamin D and your folate that you're getting from food or not. And, and that postpartum depression thing is also a copper issue. So we're yes. going to discuss that. We're going to discuss postpartum depression. Don't go away. We'll be back shortly. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Yeah, let's talk about postpartum depression. I think that it's, it's, it's something that's very real. There's, there's, there's people out there that really, really, you know, um, they, they, they suffer with it. So mm. are you saying again, this is because of what happened before, you know, during pregnancy and, and before even falling pregnant? So they obviously they're huge and it's multifaceted, uh, multifactorial when it comes to postpartum depression. But there again is evidence suggesting what happened before you were pregnant, your nutrient levels, 
your and your genetics and then also and um, the stress that you've been exposed to your supportive environment and and some research even indicating what happened with with your grandmother affecting your the your mood stability so you know it just it gets passed on it's transgenerational health that's so important as well but but definitely when it comes to what we have the power over to to decrease those risks it's ensuring that you are looking at stress management the whole way through your pregnancy not only for your health but also your your baby's health those a lot of those stress hormones are able to cross that placenta so being very aware of stress management and creating a supportive environment and um, ensuring that those B vitamins are there. There's a lot of research around B vitamins and um, actually a lot of nutrients, your vitamin D, your omega-3 fatty acids, um, your, your um, small nutrients such as copper being a very good cofactor for a lot of enzymes all need to be in the right balance and the right amount. Um, because that will support the ability for you to create the neurotransmitters that you need. Being of a good weight, ensuring that you don't have a lot of inflammation. And then, and then you know, once you've given birth, again, that supportive environment, there's a lot of research on breastfeeding moms. Um, may there's a, there's a decreased risk for breastfeeding moms versus moms who do not breastfeed to have postpartum depression. It's sometimes not possible, but that's that's just um, what the research is telling us. Um, but to ensure that those, again, very importantly, ensure that you've got the right nutrition based on what your genes are telling you, where you do have weaknesses to ensure that you are at least optimizing those pathways to reduce the risk. There was that study with William Walsh um, about your a pregnant woman not... Is it, is it called dumping the copper one, when once they've had the baby and then their copper levels are way too high? So, yeah. So, I mean, with, with regards to both copper and, and a number of other nutrients, it is when you, once you've had your child, all of your nutrients kind of, well, they're, as we know, they're, everything kind of has a big reset. <laughs> everything goes through a major reset. Um, one of the nutrients being copper, a lot of your other nutrients also just need to get back to where they were. Your body needs to adjust again. And, and hormone levels all play a major role. So what the the kind of the relationship between copper and um and postpartum depression is that copper is a, a big cofactor for a lot of the enzymes involved in neurotransmitter synthesis and so if you don't have that in the right amounts in the right places that may um affect affect your risk for not being able to make the neurotransmitters at the right time where they need to be so practically speaking, how do you balance that? If you have too much copper, what do you do? Well, so it's difficult. I mean, unless you're supplementing with copper, I think it might be difficult to get too much copper. It's it's a what we call almost a trace element in foods. And, and so you would get it from a lot of nuts and seeds, earthy type foods. And, and it's connected to zinc, correct? Yes, and zinc, and so zinc, your your seafood is uh, is a very good source, and then also again things like nuts and seeds is a great source of zinc, but again very difficult. So those are your trace elements to to get in a huge amount unless you are supplementing. That's where the if you're supplementing, you can overdose, and that's what you don't okay. want. But if you're getting it through food, it would be quite difficult to overdose. I think I think just um. 
we we're coming pretty close to the, the end of our show. Can we spend some time just if somebody has like we we were already on on the tail end of it, right? I've had my kids, or I've got my kids right now, or I've I've had my baby. What things again um, should we be doing to 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 up the ante and make sure that we are optimizing, particularly our babies? Um, that if I wasn't as good as I should have been when I was pregnant, what can I do now to ensure that you know I don't leave them in a compromised state? That's a it's a very good one. Good, very good question, Adel. I think you know. Well, firstly, it's about taking care of yourself as well. So, mom needing to make sure that focusing on the right nutrition, the right nutrients for her, will get um just the one the whole family into a a good habit forming yeah um, sort of environment where everyone is following healthy eating habits healthy lifestyle habits is a very positive has a very positive effect on that growing child so if they are exposed to healthy habits from the word go that's always important ensuring you know for for children it's for for babies it's a whole different area of nutrition but things like giving a good quality probiotic the great ones on the market and and looking at you know what if you for that beginning six months where they are being um breastfed then looking at what your or if you know if, if that's what you're doing then looking at what your nutrition is again because that's what goes through the breast milk so it would be looking at the probiotics you're taking in, looking at your vitamin D and your omega-3 fatty acids and still your folate levels because that all gets transferred through that breast milk. And, and then your baby kind of tells that breast milk what to do and what it needs. So it's just a very clever miracle that occurs there. But then I would say the biggest thing is just keeping healthy environmental, a healthy environment for within the family, showing them what foods are healthy to have most of the time and if that child is exposed to that from a very young age the abilities to make the right choices growing up will be much easier than the parents are eating incorrectly it's very difficult then for for you know monkey sees and monkey does Um, absolutely and, and so that's I think one of the biggest things that you can help instill in your children is good lifestyle habits and healthy eating from what you're doing from setting a good example absolutely I mean I've I've seen that I know that with my my first grandchild my daughter was like really strict with her and up today she's a teenager she she doesn't touch sweets she doesn't like you know that they they don't want cold eggs they like look at it and now then they themselves look at it and go like that doesn't taste good and it is but it, it takes a lot of effort it does take a lot of effort and a lot of um input from the mother to make Absolutely. sure that it's done but the, the 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 repercussions of that is from from baby moving on then into you know childhood we've got so much add and we've got so so many things that are so wrong with our kids and a lot of the times it's just because you know there's imbalances in the nutrients and and obviously there's then the epigenetics genetics you know that 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 people have predispositions to certain things absolutely and it's this combination of what are you predisposed to and what is your environment? And if you can just ensure that your environment is bathing your body in the right things, you're at least halfway there in the right direction. Absolutely. We're going for a little bit of a break. This is 101.9 High FM. 
This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Faggy Stern. Well, we got just a couple of minutes. One other thought came came to me, which I just want to touch on very briefly, if we can, Helen, and that is the struggle of so many women today with infertility. What can what 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 do you have to say about that? It is a huge struggle, and uh, but there's also so so from it's also to really look at obviously diet lifestyle i think with women being older now when they fall pregnant can can often have a major effect and what we're exposed to from the xenoestrogen point of view so you know what hormones are we are we exposing our body to what pesticides are we exposing our bodies to that might affect how our our actual receptors for our hormones are, are functioning um, and so by just balancing all of that out I think can may have a major difference they're fantastic functional tests now available um, with science where you can measure your different hormones at different stages and get a lot of insight into that um, and then you know if you do have to go the route of IVF um, really being very aware, and this is something where we are hoping to, you know, really advocate for this as well, is to ensure that 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 mom is healthy when those eggs are harvested in the beginning, because you know you need to be healthy to get healthy eggs. Um, and hmm. so, looking at your levels of homocysteine, as we spoke about at the beginning of the show, your levels of vitamin D, what is going on in terms of the, your fatty acid levels to ensure that that egg is going to be healthy, not to drink alcohol beforehand, and and all of that, you would think, oh well, only once you fall pregnant do those things start being important. But it's preconception that you need to start looking at it. And something we haven't mentioned yet, but that health of the father is just as important. Mm. Absolutely. And um, oh, know, them! Some... We forgot about them. Right? <laughs> yeah, them. <laughs> what part do they play in this? That other half. <laughs> okay. That other so half. I think yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of food for thought here. And hey, I wish I had this information uh, 30 years ago when I was a mom to be. So I hope that this has enlightened people. If they want to get hold of you or they they're interested in the test, how can they do that, Helen? They can go onto our website. It's uh, www.dnalysis. So that's D-N-A-L-Y-S-I-S dot C-O dot Z-A. And all the information is there. Right. As always, it's been a fascinating conversation and certainly very, very informative and, and very enlightening. Like I've, I've, learned, I've learned so much. And uh, we really, really appreciate you giving of your time and coming on, on the show to participate um, in this discussion. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you Helen. so much, both of you. Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.